Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Thursday Valley sports fans. Good morning, everybody. How is everyone doing? Welcome to Bickley and Murata in the morning. Mornings. To my right is Tim Ring. I am Dan Bickley. That is Jared Carlin. That is Sarah Cazell. Hello, y'all. Hello, Mr. Hello. Bickley. Jared, I can see you're already dragging ass today. This is one no, of those days for no, you, isn't it? No, no, no. It's not one heavens, of those days? Heavens no. Say something okay. funny, Jared. Oh, zip, zip, zip. You, you look like you were really struggling to put one foot after another out there, Jared. I was just making well, a My body doesn't always cooperate with my... Okay. Bick, did you not see him getting himself fired up about four minutes ago? Was he, he was doing? dancing in his seat. Oh, was he? To build I, the energy. I was telling Sarah that <laughs> this... This is the four hours of the day. That is that. This is the fun part of the day. This right. is the easy part of the day. This okay. is the part that we need to embrace and enjoy because this is not like real life. This is getting to talk sports, have fun with our our friends here. That's good. No, you're. I'm, I'm actually vibing exactly with what you're saying. Ross uh, tweeted us today. Have a great show. Can't wait to get the team back together. Even though Tim Ring is the best villain, his knowledge of sports is off the hook. Oh come off on! The hook? And then Tim he dropped. Ring, even be a better fill-in than Luke Lipinski was. You remember that guy, Jarrett? You ever hear yeah, well, Luke Lipinski? A better fill-in than Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Boy, you're really setting the bar high there, Dan. Oh, jeez. Oh, dang. What, off the hook, what do you think that means exactly? It's uh, not on a hook. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. That place is off the hook. It's off the chain. It's off the charts. Yeah. Off the hook. <laughs> Mix any of them. They that, all seem to work. They all seem to stay. As, long as, as long as you are not on something, you are good. you got to be off it. Off the chain. Off that the chain. Right, right. Yeah. You better not be on that chart. Off no, the market. You better no not be on the hook. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If you're on the hook, you're in trouble. Right. If you're off the hook, that's good. I, I do agree with you, Jerry. You're absolutely right. It's it's everything surrounding these four hours that that just yeah just pull at your soul, right? Is it's that like, what you're saying? Sucks. It's like what it's the kinda... ath- like what the athletes say. The game is the fun part. We've that's done right. the we've that's done right. the, we've that's done right. the work. That's right. We've yes. done the work. Well, that's I don't right. do um, I don't do that either. But <laughs> I haven't yeah. done the practice for the we work. We're not the... a good practicing team. <laughs> no, that's it. We show up on game days. Her practice habits. That's right. We take bad. off Wednesdays. Jared, Jared, we take Jared, off Thursdays. We're the DeAndre Hopkins of radio shows. Jared gets uh, too many veteran days off, and that's uh, that's not that's not good. He's not a veteran even. I'm like late career Roger Clemens. I'll show up halfway through the show and give you an all star performance. All right. all right, sounds good. We are. Uh, uh, mercifully, we're only a few days away before the end of the Cardinal season and the future of our football team. And let's get it rolling. Start the show, Ferret. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Get him all. Get him all coming. Get him all coming. 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. All right, try as they might, the losing continues for the Phoenix Suns, even though they put forth one of their more spirited defensive efforts of the year, holding the Cavaliers to 90 points on 39% shooting. Suns still lose 90-88 in Cleveland. The only bright spot is I was uh, I was mistaken yesterday because the Warriors played last night and also lost. The Suns are not in ninth place just yet. <laughs> well, They're in a tie for eighth still with Golden State. I'm really stretching for silver linings right here. Dick, have, you, you know. have you ever heard the parable about the guy who falls off the roof of the building and as he's falling down to the street, he looks into everybody at the windows watching and says, don't worry, I'm doing fine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've never heard that one. It's an interesting parable. Right? Yeah, you're doing okay now. That, you're yeah. not ninth now. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. That's true. Yeah, Scott everything is Calvin fine until Claus, I get down there. Right? Would, would would, it would have been funnier as he's falling each window he looks at and says, so far, so good. That's oh. even better. Oh. Thank you. Hey, he's here. He did it. Jared's writing comedy jokes. He's yeah. changing parables mm-hmm. right before my very I'm eyes. Pun- punching up <laughs> old uh, parables. Uh, yesterday, we uh, received confirmation that Kyler Murray's surgery is complete. He uh, put out a photo on social media post-op. So that's good news. Surgery described as successful. <laughs> Imagine if, if there ever was one of these major sports surgeries, and afterward the doctor goes, Whoa. Well, that was the last wow. that didn't go. I don't know if that's that, going to work. I opened him up and I said, what the hell is this? His knee now bends left to right? I don't know. Right. That didn't go so well. Cliff Kingsbury, though, uh, <laughs> clarified that Kyler Murray may not be ready for the start of the regular season, and for some reason they use that as the logic to spin forth the idea that David Blau is now starting it's Sunday a, in San Francisco. I, I, I'm sorry, I I, I laughed my, my that was bizarre. I laughed my butt off at that one. Yeah, that, that, that's that you're really reaching. Just go because with the, just go with we want to get a look at Blau I, or Colts not feeling I, I, feeling I just, so I don't good. Under, I, it just it's just mind. I wonder what planet I'm living. Sometimes I, I just why is why is that the response? Why wouldn't you just say, "Listen, the kid was terrific. We want to roll with him." I mean, you get a hurt Colt McCoy's feelings at this point in time. You could even phrase it: since we know Kyler's going to be out, we know we're going to need another quarterback on the roster next There's, year. So let's go. take a look How at David that? Blau. How That's about great. That? Jared's awake. He's writing comedy back there. He's coming up with good sports takes. It's it, it's either the only conclusion. Is is after four years on the job, Cliff Kingsbury still doesn't give a rat's asterisk about that interplay with the media, or still doesn't feel comfortable with it. It's one of the two. It's so weird and awkward. I don't even. He has a very tough time big, dispensing information. Yeah, and early in his I career, I yeah. thought it was like, well, I, you know, I'm so new to this. I'm so lucky to have the job. I don't want to say anything that's going to piss off Steve or Mike. Yeah. Well, but now you're four years into it. You can yeah. be a little more forthcoming with the media on certain things. How much of it is Cliff and how much of it is the PR staff behind him? Well, B.A. had that same PR staff and he said what he wanted to say. Yeah, it ultimately comes down I, I think it ultimately comes down to just the the personality of the head coach. I, I think the PR staff aids and abets and informs and advises on A's in that sentence. Yeah. But I think it ultimately comes down to the head coach. Arians was yeah. like, 
PR stands for uh, pour that rum, baby. Pour that rum, baby. I got some in my trunk, baby. Come on out to the party. We'll get a party going. All right. The NFL is trying to get its Week 18 together. Uh, they are going to play football this weekend. What emotional states these players are going to be in remains to be seen. Joe Burrow said he took a, a poll of his locker room. Feelings are mixed about whether that team wants to play. And as Tim Ring pointed out, Adam Schefter just tweeted out that DeMar Hamlin's father actually spoke to the Buffalo Bills in what sounds like a real heartfelt gesture um, trying to absolve the Bills of any guilt or mental roadblocks, if you will. I don't know. And just to give them an, uh, give them an update on their, their, their teammate. And again, I, I wish there was more uh, information in DeMar Hamlin's father's Zoom call he did with the Bills, but there's just not big. He's still in critical condition and everything yeah. is still a little, I, I hate to use the word murky, but it's murky in terms of what we know as, as the public. I, I think because this week has thrown off media availabilities because coaches are trying to get uh, their arms around their own players' emotional status, I think today is the day we're going to start hearing a lot of opinions from players and I think it's going to form a narrative and a and a consensus as to what the league wants to do with this. I also love what Joe Burrow said. He said, listen, we're going to do whatever the Bills want to do. We're going to let them lead on this issue, which I think is pretty cool. Alright, finally, I don't know if you saw this, but SoFi Stadium announces no tailgating for the college football playoff championship game. You've got to be kidding me. All those folks from Texas, all those folks from Georgia who roll it into California with their propane tanks. (laughs) Allow allow me a follow-up, if you guys don't mind. Please. Uh Uh-huh. Why? I I don't know. That's the most preposterous. It's California, man. Tailgating and college football go hand in hand. Did they not have Super Bowl tailgating last year? You you know, tailgating can be dangerous. You saw what happened in Miami this year, right? Remember that fire in the parking lot? Oh, yeah. About eight cars. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Oops, sorry. (laughs) Wow, this game was explosive. Well, that's good news. I guess that's good news for the local bars around SoFi Stadium. If you can't be out there. I get the thing. The area sucks. It I know suck. it's bad. It's real it's, bad. It's bad for showing up and wanting to have a good time. And yeah, tailgating. Nothing, not to say anything about the neighborhood. There's no good time to be had there. Yeah, it's you're not in the middle of like a downtown space. You're not in a Westgate situation. It's not built for that. God, it's un-American not to allow tailgating. <laughs> Truly, I think it's illegal. Truly, it's illegal right. as well. All right, those are the stories you need to know about. The stories we will be touching on today. Tim Ring filling in for Vinny, whose vacation is waiting. But still ongoing. I'm Dan Bickley. When we come back, we're going to dive into the Phoenix Suns, who are now 20 and 19, folks. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marotta Mornings. Four seconds left. Hall set to inbound near sideline. Holds the ball on his hip. Finds Bridges. He penetrates. Fades from 16 feet. No good. Rebound taken by Mitchell, and that'll do it. Cavs win it. 90-88, to the final score at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Suns fall for the fourth straight game. Seven out of eight to go to 20-19 and on the season. More losses than they had all last year. 
Welcome back, everybody. Dan, Dan Bickley alongside Tim Ring. Last night in Cleveland, the Phoenix Suns went in and they played a spirited defensive game. They had a game in their hands that they could have won. A game, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who looked like they were kind of shrugging off a hangover from their game the previous night with, with what's his fade Donovan Mitchell scoring 71 points. And it all came down to a final shot to tie, and that shot went to Mikhail Bridges. We're going to get more into that later. Uh, but as of right now, I'm struggling with, with tone for how to react to this basketball game because 19 losses seems rather calamitous given the fact that they only lost 18 all of last year. And yet last night, I immediately took solace in the fact that the basketball team looked and acted like they cared, like they wanted to right the wrongs. And that that kind of, that made me feel something. Not a lot, but a little bit. Because I coming out of that last game in New York, I wasn't sure how connected this team was. Well, they looked like they they cared. You're right, and they came out with the property uh, the proper intensity uh, to win a basketball game. The intensity you need to have, uh, especially on the road, and that was severely and obviously lacking against the Knicks. I mean, that was a basketball team that was flat out going through the motions. I mean, the Knicks went on that 18 nothing run, and the Suns just stood around and, and took it. And that was not the case last night. That was, as Monty Williams said, a very winnable game. In fact, I think Monty went as far as to say we should have won the game. But you look at the, you, yeah. look, you look at these four losses in a row, Bick. I, I I do want to get into this segment a little bit later on. Just your thoughts on on going to Mikel Bridges well, for the final doubt. shot, without a doubt. Uh, but you look at these last four losses. They're finding different ways to lose. I mean, against the Wizards, they did they didn't they didn't play defense against the Raptors. They turned it over. Or excuse me, they, they lack of offense against the Wiz against the Knicks. Lack of defense, lack of intensity, and then last night it was really the inability to close a basketball game. Yeah, this is a team. This is the team that had a had a seven point lead uh, last night with five thirteen to play in the mm-hmm. game, up seven. Mm-hmm. Now, when they won sixty four games last year, Bick, you know we have this illusion sometimes that they just steamrolled everybody because they were so great. A lot of those sixty four wins were a lot like last night. They were five six, even sometimes the margin was even less with at the five minute mark. But Chris Paul and Devin Booker more times than not, closed out the game. They were a historically good clutch time yeah, team. Clutch last time, in the clutch final, time minutes, they were amazingly good last right. year. Right, and so, the, so the, a lot of games were 50-50 games at the 5-7 minute mark, and Paul and Booker closed mm-hmm. it out. Last night, from 5-13 on, they scored two freaking buckets. Yeah. They got an yeah. eight and a hook, and then they got a sham at three. But the sham at three, gang, was with 26 seconds left. Mm-hmm. So really, for the final five minute chunk of that game, they got one basket. And like they that's open not, looks, and then, that's and not that's, no good. That's not good enough. And and that's how you allow a team, especially with a scorer like Donovan Mitchell, to close that lead down and then put themselves in a position to win the game. Right. Uh, the, uh, the so so I guess the one takeaway was their their esprit de corps, if you will, their general vibe. Their general vibe last night was good. They looked hungry. Da seemed to be pursuing rebounds with a with a vigor that he. Had not the previous night. Chris Paul, that's about as hard as I've seen him play defense all season long. So the Wantu was there last night, but you kind of hit on what this team is really sorely lacking. It all funnels into the same place. Without Devin Booker, they do not have a bucket getter, a reliable bucket getter. And the difference in crunch time or clutch time uh, productivity from last year to this year, it is as it's as stark as the difference in their record 
this year compared to last year. And it and it really does say a lot because, as you pointed out, a lot of these games in the NBA, that's where the margins are. That's where you win the games in those final five minutes. And the Suns were spectacular at it last year because during the regular season, they had this one-two combination of Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And if one didn't get you, the other would. And it's... It, that's not happening this year, and it's it's very frustrating. This basketball team now is 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 plummeting closer and closer. That guy falling down the yeah, he's now on the second floor. Pretty soon he's going to be waving to the people on the first <laughs> so, floor. So good right. so far, right, Jared? Right. Yeah, he's approaching splat. He's right, and so yeah, because once if this basketball team falls under five hundred for any reason, that will be a deeply hard, traumatic psychological obstacle for all of us to get our heads around. Well, let me, let me tell you right now, if, if, if that's the barometer that you choose, Dan, and, and that's totally fair and, and, and worth talking about, unless something changes mm-hmm. dramatically in their ability to close and their intensity and to put a complete game together, or maybe getting out-of-body experiences <laughs> out of right? Mikel Bridges now uh-huh. scoring the ball or Torrey Craig, they've got two home games coming up. Mm-hmm. Now, they could win those games. Miami and Cleveland, we saw last night, if you can play with Cleveland, I mean, I don't know what Darius Garland's status is, but anyway, then you go on the road, and you got four games on the road, mm-hmm. and they're tough. Yes, uh, they except for Minnesota, but you know, the Suns are 6-14 and 14 on the road this year. So they're not winning games on the road. Bick, you talk about the under five hundred. There's a very, very good chance the way things are going right now, the Suns will come back from that four game road trip under five hundred. Yes, and, and, and so that that's what that's the, that's, that's the reality. The, of that's it. the stark reality well, of, of what they're looking at right now with a record of twenty and nine. Here's a, uh, the, I've got it, Jared. They're one game over five hundred now. They've got home games coming up against the Heat, like you said tomorrow. The Cavaliers on Sunday, which you are working on television. So if you want to see my buddy Tim Ring on TV, Ooh. Sunday's broadcast, you can find them there. But then they go Golden State Tuesday, Denver Wednesday. Now, that's brutal. Timberwolves Friday, Grizzlies the following Monday. Those are all road games. So uh, the day after that team is eligible to trade DeAndre Ayton, which is January 15th, this basketball team is going to be struggling to be above 500. And I'm telling you, if they if they get underwater, if it's only temporary, temporarily, it's going to be a, it's going to be it's going to cause reverberations in the valley. Remember how the big narrative was? They're going to be so good on January 15th. How could they even consider trading DeAndre Ayton yeah. and making a major change at that point? Like the mm-hmm. momentum's going to. Why would they change their momentum at that point? Now, who would have ever saw this coming? Just I just want to play this before we broke. Yeah, this okay. is Monty. Yeah, talking about what you guys were talking about. How they're no longer making those one or two plays to win games anymore. We've been talking about um, the ability to come off and receive the ball, take the shot, and deal with the consequences either way. I thought we got off, we got off a good look, had a chance to go into overtime. Um, I was just proud of them. And, uh, in respect to the game, uh, just an, another game where we just didn't do one more thing to get us a win. We were one play away from winning in Denver in regulation. We had a couple of plays down the stretch in Toronto, had a segment in Washington. And it's just been that kind of a trip. And um, it was just a hard, hard way to lose a game after having our guys fight the way that they did. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't mind this. I don't mind the shot per se. Mm-hmm. 
I, 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 I don't quite understand, and maybe he wasn't the number one option, but and, and, and the Cavs just defended it well, but I don't quite understand why why Mikel Bridges was the guy yeah. there. He had been three for fourteen. He's not he's he's not he's not a scorer, he's not a shooter, and he certainly hasn't been one as of late. Chris Paul was inbounding the ball. I, I just think in that situation, Bic, uh, if, if I'm if I'm content with overtime, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm getting the ball into Chris Paul's hands there. Yeah, if, like if, I said, that is this is a topic we're going to get back into you know, in in detail coming up. Yeah. Mikhail Bridges, a curious choice at the end of the game. Was it a force? Are they trying to jumpstart him? Maybe. Either either way, it's uh, it was the ending to a good effort, but yet another loss for the Phoenix Suns. All right, coming up on the other side, David Blau will start in Week 18. For the Cardinals. We'll tell you why and what next. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, Colt um, basically shutting him down You know, for the, the season. We need him next year, particularly with uh, the situation we have currently um, there with Kyler. So um, we'll let David have at it and see how it goes. At the voice of Cliff Kingsbury announcing that David Blau is going to be the Week 18 starter for the Arizona Cardinals, a quarterback who uh, comes with a real nice backstory, quarterback who was, I thought, pretty impressive in last week's loss to Atlanta. You know who's not impressed with David Blau? Uh, The San Francisco 49ers media is not impressed with David Blau. Here's a headline from SFGate, which is the website for the San Francisco Chronicle. Headline, quote, Cardinals quarterback facing 49ers in Week 18, once lost to Maryland by six touchdowns. That's the headline. Okay. That's the headline. Okay. And now let me bring you to the lead paragraph. Their Week 18 opponent, the Arizona Cardinals, might as well print this week's depth chart on a white flag. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, right. So, so this is this is the way they're looking at David Blau, former Purdue Boiler Mark maker, taking over the reins for the Cardinals in Week 18, and maybe that's the way it's being perceived in San Francisco that this is nothing more than a football team tanking a game. And and I think we know it's a little different than that. But why why bring up what happened at Purdue? I don't I, know. I, that's such a, because yeah, I bet Brock Purdy lost some pretty bad games. I mean, yeah, you, know, you know, yeah, that's like me writing 49er quarterback Brock Purdy got his ass kicked by Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl in 2019. <laughs> former the, Car- Mich- the Cardinals should have no problem on Sunday. Former Michigan backup Tom Brady was unable to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Well, look. If you're the San Francisco 49er media, you can mock mm-hmm. because it, it, it's it's apparent the Cardinals are are in they're in tank mode. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. They, they 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 can spin it any way they want, but the reality is, and let's be perfectly clear, I am oh, I am here for it. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with the organizational path that they're taking these last couple of weeks. Bick, you and I last week when they originally. Announced they were starting Colt McCoy. You and I were kind of almost incredulous. Like, what, what are they doing? And then they finally, you know, kind of figure it out later in, later in the week. And Colt McCoy wasn't even in consideration yeah. this this week yeah. to start. And I, I assume yeah, I played that soundbite. They said they're shutting them down to prepare for next year. Colt McCoy, yeah, to prepare for next year. The other thing, Bick, about next year is when you listen to what Cliff is saying right now. I caution all Cardinal fans. I mean. There's a really good chance that 
that the front office is different, the coaching staff is different, Colt McCoy's not here, David Blau's not here, so just, mm-hmm. let's on, just get Cliff to... Kingsbury said the team needs Colt McCoy, that he's going right. to be there in week one. I mean, let's just... rest him, man. Let's just get through these four quarters, like, it's like a little bit like, remember like when you, well, you guys are probably too young, but Vic, remember like watching The Exorcist, you had like a pillow over your head and you are kind of like looking up like wherever that was, that was a seriously <laughs> freaky movie yeah, for so those who've never seen you it. You watch these last four quarters like just kind of peeking at like how bad and ugly it's going to be and then uh-huh. you get you get to a new and a brighter day hopefully on Monday with a new direction. Well, we are hoping that. On the idea of the white flag and the tanking and stuff, the other, the Colt McCoy was one part, the other part was DeAndre Hopkins and shutting him down mm-hmm. and they asked Cliff, well, how injured is he? Would he play if this were a different circumstance? Uh, I'd say it'd be close. Um, it's definitely something that's been nagging him, his, his knee injury. And um, so we're just going to be cautious with this last one. Okay. We're going to be cautious. Okay, listen, um, we're going to get into DeAndre Hopkins later on in the program about what his legacy is going to be as an Arizona Cardinal because it's very, very mixed, obviously. Um, the one thing that I think I would take offense to if if I were the Cardinals, because as you said, the decision to start David Blau, does it mean the Cardinals are in tank mode? I, I, guess, I guess you would say yes, but the way the team is playing would say no, particularly on defense. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case this week, but you do have a lot of guys who, up until Buda Baker's injury, and even through last week, were bringing a lot of fight to the football field. I wonder what they think about DeAndre Hopkins. Well, that's the thing, and let me clarify: the players are not tanking. Absolutely not. The coaching staff is mm-hmm. not. I mean, this isn't. The, I think you know the organization organization is making decisions what's uh, based on what's best for for their future. The mm-hmm. players are certainly not. That's all, that's never the case. So these guys are going out there to win. They want to win a football game. Cliff wants to. To win a football game, mm-hmm. and that's it. the thing about Hopkins is, you know, I saw a debate on Twitter yesterday. Well, it's like, well, if the Cardinals are, are starting David Blau, why should Hopkins go out there? Well, that's the case. Why should JJ Watt go out there? Why, if Buda Baker was healthy, well, why would Buda Baker go out there? Believe me, those guys would be out there. The difference is that you have to wonder now if the rumblings that DeAndre Hopkins is going to want to trade factor into Hopkins' decision to say my knee is bad. Because yeah, he, because if he, decision. Because if he goes down in one of these last couple games, he becomes untradeable if he blows his ACL out. So he may be thinking, whereas Buda Baker's like, I'm fighting with my brothers to the bitter end. Now, it didn't work out for Buda because he did yeah. get hurt. But J.J. Watt's out there. Mm-hmm. His motivation to play mm-hmm. is because that's what he's paid to do. You know, and for Hopkins, I mean, you already missed six games, and now you're taking the last two off for business decisions. You know, it, it, this this may not, I don't know, Bick, what do you think? This may not be the Cardinals. This may be Hopkins making these decisions. Oh, about, listen, you, you know. if, you, if you're asking me what my instincts tell me, I'll, yeah. tell, you, I'll tell you right out. I've, I was hearing whispers before he's missed these last two games that this was what he was going to do. And I've said so on, on this mm-hmm. radio program that if knowing DeAndre Hopkins as we think we know him and he wanted out of Houston for a reason and the way this thing is shaping up, his lack of connectivity with Kyler Murray, the fact that he is clearly worried about his Hall of Fame candidacy, the last thing he wants to do is languish the next couple of years in Arizona. So, yeah, I think to me it's pretty obvious that DeAndre Hopkins, who is his own agent, is going to make it clear that he does not want to play football in Arizona anymore. And I just think he's hardcore like that. And so I don't think it's really surprising to anybody because he told the Texans he wanted out. 
And so, and the Cardinals at the time were willing to to give him everything he wanted financially. And I think D Hop is looking at this, going, "Look, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blow up my knee." Right, and that's my like. I'm not, if, I'm not doing that. Like, if my if my only concern right now mm-hmm. is getting myself to a new location, I can only hurt myself literally yeah. and figuratively by playing in these last two games. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a matter They're, of well, if the Cardinals are taking, why should D Hop play? Like I said, well, JJ Watt's going to be out there. Kelvin Beachum, God willing, is going to be out there. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is going to be out there fighting against the 49ers, trying to win a football game. Yeah, you know, I, according, according. I, sh- I, I don't I don't recall a play in which DeAndre Hopkins got up holding. His need you no no but to be fair no i listen and, and again we, we are being fair we crouch this by saying if if he's injured this is uh, this is fine this is protocol there's oh. a lot of people who tap out of these yeah. games oh what, what i was going to say was to be fair is that throughout his career in arizona it hadn't appeared that he's been injured and he's been he's taken off practices and been game time decisions multiple times when it yeah. didn't seem like he was injured so who could really tell and you're talking about people that wanted to play according to cliff uh Colt did want to play this week. It was tough. Yeah, he he wanted to play, and um, it's just in our situation with, like I said, the impending probably not having Kyler to start the year. It's it's the right thing to do, and that's why he sat last week. You know, I'm, I'm, you, you can't tell me otherwise. For the same reason he's ready to go now, but he's not playing. Yeah. Was the same reason why last week, honestly, he was probably ready to go. And the organization said, look, let, let's really look at this. Let's look at the health of Colt, his age, the backup offensive line. Our draft status. The wink, draft wink. status. Wink, wink. I mean, which is all. Another guy that might possibly not play, James Conner. Update on him. Um, he's day-to-day right now. We'll see how he feels next couple of days. Um, definitely sore. Didn't do much today, but we'll see if he can uh, go by Friday or Saturday. The Cardinals are doing the right thing. Uh, they're, they're, they're handling this the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, they just... They obviously, Cliff can't sit down there, and this is one uh, instance, Dick, where Cliff can't spit the truth, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. can't sit there and say, well, we're thinking about our draft position. Because he's not. You know, he's not. Because he's not. Right, but he can't say we as an organization, right? Right. right. So the, Cliff's in a tough spot. I mean, he's just trying. Uh, Cliff is just trying to get through these damn final press conferences and get, get the hell off that podium. Mm-hmm. Because there's not a whole hell of a lot to say at this point. That's a good point. And it, it's tough on him as a person. Now, we want to... Everybody wants to talk about Cliff the coach. That that's fine, but he, he is still a person, and he's had a really tough go of it lately. And I think he's the last thing he wants to do is sit out there in front of the media and answer questions and and, and skirt the real truths to a lot of the questions that are right being or asked. throw shade in it at any players who he might feel is are tapping out on the team. And, and yeah, no, of course that's that's all obviously out there. And, and, but but to me, I, I think we're gonna, I think we're going to see a lot of that across the NFL. In fact, we're going to get into that on the other. Side Demar Hamlin, his status, and what is the NFL going to look like this weekend in Week 18? We'll get into that next. He's Tim Ring filling in for the vacationing video. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marotta Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marotta. Hash marks. The league really has not begun 
thinking about how to handle that game until today because they've been trying to get through the situation with DeMar Hamlin and to try to figure out that he's going to be okay. The league did acknowledge that it now has a few days to start thinking about this and figuring out what it's going to do. And the fact of the matter is there really are two options. The first would be that the game is declared a no contest, a tie, however you want to do it, and then you calculate the seedings off the games that each team plays in the regular season, even if it means one fewer game for Cincinnati and Buffalo. The other option would be that there is the Pro Bowl skills competition, an essential bye weekend between the conference championship game and the Super Bowl. The league has the option of using that weekend in the event that it wants to push back the regular season by a week, the playoffs by a week, do whatever it feels is necessary. But the league made it very clear that its priority this week has been on DeMar Hamlin. Welcome back. Dan Bickley, Tim Ring in for Vinny. Vinny will be back on Monday. The NFL Week 18 resumes Saturday. There is no Thursday night football tonight. Those are over with for the season. Uh, But it's an interesting scenario because you've got a handful of football teams that have clinched. You've got a handful of football teams that are still alive and a handful that have been eliminated. The ones still alive are the Jaguars, Patriots, Dolphins, Steelers, Titans, Seahawks, Lions, Packers. They all have something to play for this Mm -hmm. week. And everybody else is going to be wrestling with this decision of, okay, what what state is my football team in emotionally? Um, What kind of practices have we had? How should we approach this? Now, that's on the uh, individual level. At the league level, as you heard Adam Schefter say, the league has still got to, they still have to kind of come to grips with how they are going to handle this in terms of do we want to award uh, the number one seeds or the number one seed in the AFC based on winning percentage alone. Do we want to go on with week 18, then play week 19 exclusively re- resumption Cincinnati Bengals um, a- a- against the Buffalo Bills? Do they want to take the week after week 18 and play two playoff games and resume the Bengals? Bills game, which that to me seems a little weird. No, no, I, I don't, I don't think, think they're going to do, do any that. of that. I don't think they're going to do any of that. I, I, I think really it's going to come down to two decisions: Do you push everything back and play the Bills Bengals game in a, in a in a newly created Week 19 of the season, so you have a true number one seed in the AFC based on winning record and the way it would normally have have gone. Or you do what Adam Schefter was talking about earlier there. You just declare it a tie and then see by, based on winning percentage. And that's how you determine the number one seed. From a football standpoint, boy, that's, that, 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 that really could change the road to the Super Bowl right. for one of those three teams. Assuming one of those three teams is going to try to make it out of the AFC and, and, and will make it out. And see, but declaring it a tie, that would hurt your winning percentage as to wiping the game off the books completely. Yeah, versus a no contest. Right. That would impact you in the standings, right? Yeah, right. It would negatively impact you if you called it a tie. So why would... So I'm just, I'm just coming by what Adam said there. He goes, declare it a tie. I don't know but, why you would do that. I think you would just wipe it from the books why, and say no contest. no contest. Never never existed, right. and then we have a winning percentage that, that, that way. way. Right. Yeah. The NFL is desperately hoping for the Chiefs to win and the Bills to lose this weekend. Yeah. And then it, it all becomes right irrelevant. And it all, it, yeah. Yeah. And Although said, then there's the next level of seeding, the two, the three, the four. But then you're not dealing with the buy, the important yeah. buy yeah. that you get. Yeah. So what it looks like here, the Jaguars and the Titans, 
Dolphins. They play Saturday night for the division title. This winning your in. Winning your in. This is the rare big platform for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Come on, Jacksonville. How about that, right? How about they're the, growing up? We're gonna. We could possibly have two teams that are under five hundred and make the playoffs. Yeah. That win their division, right? right. If, if the Tennessee wins, they'd be eight and nine. And if the, the Falcons Buc- win, and if the Buccaneers no, the Buccaneers lose. Yeah, they'll you know be what? eight. They're and playing nine. the yeah. Falcons. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Weird to me. I'll tell you what's weird to me. We sit here and we rail on Herm Edwards, who is a failed collegiate coach, landed a football team. Uh, in NCAA purgatory, then ends up in a network job talking about the NFL. You've got Urban Meyer, who is a disaster in Jacksonville, whose successor is taking them to the playoffs in the next year, and he's back in the college TV broadcast booth. What is the matter with us? I guess broadcasting has no morals or ethics. There's no level. I didn't mean you. By the way, since you brought it up, <laughs> maybe because it hits too close to home being in Phoenix, I am far more disgusted about seeing Herm Edwards' mug no, I know. on I know. ESPN than I, I am seeing Urban well, Myers listen, on Fox. I've heard, I've heard people suggest that if Jim Harbaugh grabs an NFL job, which he seems to really want to do. Oh, God. That Michigan should go out and hire Urban Meyer and pit him against Ohio State. And I thought, wow, that would be a lot of drama. That would be very interesting between that rivalry. But at what point in time do people just go, no, ew, ick, stop? I'm there. Yeah. Sarah would not hire him. Et cetera, I would not. Well, Jared, would you? Uh, No, not if I'm Michigan, no. Mm -hmm. But if if I were like a smaller school... I would take a chance on Urban Meyer. If you were Arizona State, would you have hired Urban Meyer over Kenny Dillingham? If you well, were, if I was Arizona State, I would. Because <laughs> then, okay. who knows what further uh, things could go wrong there? Well, it's funny because Trevor Lawrence talked about how Doug Peterson had to come in and totally change the culture of the team, and that's why they're successful this year. You look at what he's done here, and just the the energy—not only the X's and O's, the football stuff, but just the energy, the culture that we've created here—that um, really. Obviously, he's had a huge part in bringing here. I mean, that's you know, it's, it's tough to do, especially in the first year and a bunch of new people. And um, I mean, I just can't say enough about what he's the job he's done and, and how much I you know love playing for him and appreciate him. All right, so uh, yeah, that's that. That I'm I'm really cool to see what that looks like. I think this is a real cool moment for Trevor Lawrence, and and because he came out of college with such. Such Once potential. in a generation. Yeah, right. And he really hasn't been that. Here, here's what else is happening. So the Patriots can actually get into the playoffs, and that doesn't interest me at all. I, I don't I don't need to see another Mac Davis game with the Patriots. I just don't need to see it. They get in with the win over the Bills or losses by the Dolphins and the Steelers. The Dolphins get in if they beat the Jets and the Patriots lose. I want the Steelers to get in. Not just because of the Mike Tomlin winning record thing, but that Kenny bleeping picket moment at the end of the Steelers-Ravens game, I felt that. Yeah. I felt that. So I would like to see the Steelers get into the postseason. That's just what I'm saying. The uh, I got one for you guys. Mm-hmm. So it actually affects the Cardinals, uh, perhaps getting the number three pick in the draft. We can assume the Cardinals are not going to win on Sunday against the 49ers, so let's work off of that premise. Right. So they would need, obviously, the Denver Broncos to beat the L.A. Chargers. Mm-hmm. You're saying, Tim, that's not going to happen. The no, Broncos, it might. The sta- but let me tell you something. It might happen. There, 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 there's, a, there's a quirk. There's a quirk in the, in the matrix here. If the Ravens 
lose their early game Sunday in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Now, can we agree that's with Cincinnati fighting for our number one seed? And Lamar Jackson's still not sure if he's playing. It's absolutely an assumption okay. that Baltimore is going to lose that so, game. So, right. So, if the Ravens, so we, assume, we don't assume anything, but if the Ravens lose their early game a Sunday at Cincinnati, very possible. Mm-hmm. That would render the Chargers in the five seed with no ability to get out of the five seed. Now, Brandon Staley's already on record saying, yes, that will affect who we play against the Broncos. So, if the Ravens lose to the Bengals, the Chargers would potentially, logically, sit the likes of Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, uh, Joey Bosa, uh-huh. Austin Eckler. Yeah, all their good players. Now... And, you know, on the flip side, Russell Wilson's going to want to play. And on the flip side, Denver doesn't care about defending their draft status because the pick belongs to Seattle. Yes, so all of those kind of coming together. Now, it doesn't mean that the Chargers with a bunch of backups still can't win that game. But I thought it to be interesting that all these things that need to fall into place are really kind of doable yeah. for the uh-huh. Cardinals to move up to number three. three. Yeah, they're not getting any higher than that. But that's, yeah, but yeah, that's no, I agree with you. I looked at this and I, I thought, you know, the, the Broncos winning this game makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, Russell Wilson, it would be dying to put a positive stamp on the end of the season and the, the Broncos have nothing to protect, no draft status to protect. Right, and and if you're playing against backup quarter, I mean... Yeah. So you, and you're playing in Denver. And you're playing in Denver. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned they're not going to get higher than three. The Bears, again, Justin Fields. Bears. If they were playing for the playoffs, would Fields be on the field? Yeah. Uh, you know, probably. Mm-hmm. But Justin Fields isn't tanking. You know, the Bears are saying, you know what, Justin, you just rest that hip or whatever it is. Uh-huh. We're going to take that number two pick in the draft. <laughs> and now and not put it not put it up there for chance. Uh-huh. So that this is this is this is what teams do as they should. Uh-huh. As they should here at this point in the season. How about that? All right, coming up seven o'clock hour, we're gonna dive into the Phoenix Suns. Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges with Bridges. the game on the line. We'll talk about that next. Tim Ring, Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.